Hello and welcome back to the Peculiar Place podcast. Mandy's not here. They replaced her with this random hairy guy that has been working behind the scenes for the entirety of all this. Being <laughs> in front of the cameras, in front of all the lights. It's a little daunting to say the least. I feel like I need to say like a certain segment title, but we didn't even think of that. No, it's just the Peculiar Place. When Mandy and I do it, it's two V's in a pod, but when she's not here, it's just the Peculiar Place podcast. It's one V in a pod right now. Yes, it is. With a stranger. So for those of you who don't know, this is my husband, Ty. I also call him Bean. That is my nickname for him. And yeah, this is his first podcast. He's always behind the scenes, setting up the cameras. He does the editing. He's just like our podcast producer, editor, person. So pretty much anything that goes wrong with the podcast. It's your fault. It's my fault, to be completely honest. It is. (laughs) There are people who go to school for this stuff, and I completely understand why now. Yeah. I went to school for art. The highlight of my art career was learning how to mix a green paint using only yellow and black. That's the height of my education. Okay. Yeah, I mean... I probably couldn't do that. Yellow and black? Everyone can. Okay. You'll have to teach me that. It's just color theory. That was like day one of color theory. Okay. (laughs) Everything else was a blur, to be completely honest, so... So people probably want a little update on Mandy. And while I'm not really allowed to say much because I want to keep it up to her discretion, she has not had the baby as of the time that we're filming this, which is Monday the 8th. 8th. Um, But any moment she's going to be going into labor. Um, She is past her due date now. So we're all kind of just waiting, standing by. But she's not like feeling well enough to be on another podcast. So that's why Ty's here. That's why I'm here. I am basically the bench warmer that is getting called up for the big game now. Yes. And I am terrified. And he brought his own headphones. (laughs) I did. I feel like with the lighter hair color, the darker aesthetic is going to work. I think you're ruining the aesthetic because the white headphones go with the white brick behind us. Everything with our relationship is just, it's not ruin everything, you know. Okay, speaking of our relationship, we are actually going to be going into the entire timeline for you guys of how we met, what went down, all the juicy details. I'm Um, in danger. You're in danger? Are you scared of what we're going to be discussing here? All of our secrets? far from flawless in my execution. I wasn't flawless either. Oh, yes, you were. We both had our issues. Believe me, you were perfect no, every I'm not. step of the way. Thanks, Bean, but I'm not perfect. Okay, but first, we're going to do some trending topics, and then we'll get into the juicy main part of the podcast. So, trending topics this week. The first one is that a boy beat the Tetris game. Now, I don't know a lot about Tetris. I used to play on the bus to school. I know like what it is and how you play, but I don't know when it was invented. I didn't know that you could beat the game. So, I'll let Ty explain that because I don't get it. So, I actually am pretty much in the same boat as Jess right now. When it comes to Tetris, I don't know very much. I had the copy on the Game Boy Color, okay, which I'm pretty sure was actually the original copy that my parents had when they had the original Game Boy. Yeah. Very old game, but the version that was beaten was the old, I think it's the NES version, because the Game Boy one did have an ending. You could beat it, and there was like a little cinematic. I think it had something to do with like a rocket ship or something, like shooting off. Yeah. But the NES version was essentially endless. So the game just kept going, kept going, kept going. And this young boy, I don't know what his username is, unfortunately. I'm sure that we'll be able to figure it out. We'll pop it up on the screen here. He basically encountered 
like I think the proper term is a kill screen, meaning that the game itself could not load any further, which is absolutely unheard of. So the code actually broke. The game couldn't be played any further. So that is essentially the end point of an endless game. So how old was this kid? I think he was 13. That's amazing. It so is. How like, long has the game been out for then? Oh, way before I was born. So it took a 13-year-old to beat this, like what, like 50 years later? Well, I think the NES is uh, a little bit newer than that. Okay. But like this game itself, it's one of the classic video games. There's people now that have built careers on being able to beat like Donkey Kong yeah. or beating like Mario and like a certain amount of time. So being able to do this, especially like with one of the games that is touted as being nearly unbeatable is a huge achievement. It's pretty amazing. And I saw the videos of him like celebrating oh, he and he was it. screaming. And he honestly, was so excited. That is well warranted because whenever there's a world first for anything, it's going to be monumental. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's video games, art. I'm just pulling out topics from the top of my head. And it's amazing to see and especially like just to see how excited he was with this. And I'm pretty sure he dedicated that run that he did to his uh, to his father, which was really heartwarming. And it was awesome. But there was a little bit of... Uh, Backlash. Not from people that were watching this. I think it was a British reporter for Sky News. Yeah, because this was on the news everywhere. It was because it's huge. Like yeah. even the company that makes Tetris put out a huge public notice about this. Like it's congratulating insane. it. Yeah, congratulating. Oh, that's nice. But this reporter was talking about this and basically said after this which was supposed to be, you know, it's it's a heartwarming story. It really yeah. is. The kid wasn't there, but to the story, now it's time to go outside and stop staring at a screen. Because getting a high score in Tetris is not a life achievement. Aw. Which, like, come on. Let him have his moment. Let him be excited. He's a little kid. He's been working at this for a long time. It's clearly a hobby he enjoys. Like, let him have his moment. It's awesome. And, like, ultimately, like, this much exposure for this kid, you can build off of this stuff. Because he's a Twitch streamer. I believe is so. Is he? I don't know. Not 100% sure. But yeah, it's, it's good career-wise. I'm terrible with remembering names, but like people have done more with even smaller opportunities. Yeah. Right? But this is a huge one. So this kid can go, like honestly, anywhere. You know, think back like into like the 90s and stuff like that. People playing video games, really you just kind of did it as a hobby. But nowadays you have like esports gamers and all that stuff. Like, you know, this can open a lot of doors for him. And honestly, it, like all the power to him like congratulations yeah. it's amazing yeah apologies i should know the name we don't know all the details i'm sorry i, I forget names of people that i've met like 20 times yeah. that's just me it's okay don't play heavy duty sports you get smacked in the head a lot you forget things okay for those of you who may not be into games we'll move on but maybe you're into large monsters being featured in movies constantly. I had this question for Ty the other day because there's a new movie coming out. It's like Godzilla versus Kong. This is the second one. The or second the one. The second one of I think this cinematic universe. There's dozens of them, like I just... older ones. Back when people were like in suits in like miniature cities. And it looked awful. Oh, those are great. They're though. kicking over like blocks and oh, stuff. Those... <laughs> I guarantee you the actors who did that stuff were having so much fun. I bet. But I just want to know like what is with it cuz they have like the Megalodon shark movie the right the, the meg two of those. they've got the kong they've got the big dinosaurs they've got what's with all of these giant animals that people want to go and watch movies for 
So yeah, are they you, that good, or are you going to laugh? Are you going to make fun of it, or are you taking it seriously? I, I see that the topics you're catering right now is to the resonant guy. I that need you to now know have you are a man. Studio. Tell me. <laughs> Honestly, you chose probably the worst person to be asking these questions because ultimately, you don't if like they're them? on TV, I will watch them. Oh, okay. I will because every now and then you just need to turn your brain off and watch a CGI slugfest. All right. Just watching big things punch each other. Caveman brain comes on. Unga bunga, let's go. Like, I know a lot of work goes into these movies to make the CGI look the way that it does. It's insane. I'm not trying to bash on any of that stuff. Movies like this, the story, it's kind of hard to explain why is there a giant lizard fighting a giant like gorilla? And then why are they teaming up? Maybe it doesn't have like, to make sense. It, it honestly doesn't. With a lot of action movies, they kind of just, you know, ride on a lot of the explosions. There are some really good, like, roles that I've seen people do. As a guy, I have to, you know, talk about Die Hard. You, got, you have to. Wait, Alan how Rickman, does Die Hard come into this? It's an action movie, Jess. Yeah, but it doesn't have anything big in it. Oh, it has a big tower, Jess. Okay. It has a big okay, tower. Okay, big tower. Big buildings. Big explosions. <laughs> wow. I know. But Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, that was a really good character. And, like, ultimately, Die Hard, is it an award-winning movie? Probably not. But will I watch it every Christmas? Absolutely. Action movies and stuff like that in general, you go there to see the explosions, the big things, buildings being taken out, cars being tossed, cheesy one-liners. I remember when they rebooted... Godzilla, like the ultimate line was let them fight <laughs> because like Godzilla was being attacked by, I don't know the proper names, but basically giant flying pterodactyl things. But like I'm waiting for the trailer to grace my YouTube algorithm for Mecha Godzilla. Oh my gosh. Because from the trailers that I've seen, this isn't spoilers, you guys can go watch the trailers. I'm guessing in the last Kong versus Godzilla movie or one of the King Kong movies, Kong got his arm taken off and now it's replaced with like a giant robot arm. Which you gotta think, like this is like a robot arm the size of a building or yeah, something who's, like that. Who's giving Unless this? Unless this happens in the movie and then this is spoiling it. But the movie I don't even think is out yet. This is in the trailers. Which I can go on a completely different tangent on how much trailers spoil movies nowadays. But yeah. we'll, we'll save that for a little later. Don't watch trailers. But like giant gorilla with giant robot arm. Part of me is a little excited. I actually did like the King Kong movie from like 2005 with Jack Black. <laughs> Jack Black, Adrian Brody. I actually liked that movie. I was honestly, I was scared of some scenes because that movie came me out. Too. I was pretty young. You would have been in grade three. I would have been in grade four. Probably. Like there was one scene and if you yell spoilers at us, come on. It's like this, been so long. Like, I'm almost 30. When I was in grade three, I was still in the single digits, I'm pretty sure, of yeah. age-wise. You could have seen it by now. There's one scene where I think all the adventurers, filmmakers and all that stuff, they fall in, like, a crevice and start getting attacked by Big giant bugs. bugs and, like, worms and stuff. Yeah. And that terrified that me. More scary. so the worms, because I'm pretty sure worms are like that. Like, they do have mouths that kind of extrude out and bite things. It's just you don't know. They're so small, right? But that terrified me. I was afraid of the people that lived. Was it an island? It was On an the island. island. And how I think the main woman character was seeing like flashes of them while they were on the boat heading to the island, I believe. And that part in the theater scared me so much. it was like jump scares? Yeah, I think she was like seeing them in the mirror and like just seeing them around the boat before they got there. I don't know if they were actually like climbing on the boat or if it was like a flashback or something. But I remember that scaring me a lot. 
Yeah. Unless I'm remembering it wrong, but. I don't know. Like you were telling me like seeing like people on mirrors on boats and my head immediately went to the first mummy movie with brendan fraser in it because that's one of the that's scenes. a good movie too oh it's so good i really hope people like listening or watching are like around our age or like some of them because like if you're younger you're not gonna know any of these movies and we're probably boring you right now <laughs> it's how it goes yeah we're gonna move on Okay, this is something people have been doing lately. People have been trying to make their licensed photo look really nice. So they've been bringing their own ring lights, they've been getting their makeup done right before, and they actually go and get their photo taken and they ask the person, can I see it? And if it's not nice enough, they ask to take it again and again and again, and then they show the photo on their TikTok or whatever. And it's now like a competition to like get the best license photo and people have like literally cried in their car afterwards if they thought it wasn't nice enough why do people care so much i don't think i'm like feasibly able to comprehend any of this my photos are bad same i am told multiple times whenever i get my driver's license oh we need to take that again and if (laughs) the person behind the desk is saying that it's bad you know it's bad but like i would love to like as you can see i'm quite disheveled go in for my next license photo and just completely mess this all up so i do not look like myself like purposely look worse oh yeah like i would shave half my beard off and then maybe like this eyebrow off and give myself some nice early male pattern baldness and see if they question you like oh, wait they, are you they, serious they will kick me out they, they will they do not let but you what do if that's that what you like to do i i do like to do that you've seen all the photos i send you i always give myself like a nice double chin and whatnot i look like a thumb but what if that's the way you posed, like with a double chin? They can't be like, put that chin back. Well, like- <laughs> if I showed up looking normally and then it's like, okay, take a picture and I go, they say, hey, stop doing that. I would love to have a ridiculous photo. But I would it- honestly, because if somebody takes my photo ID and they look at me and give me a double take, <laughs> then I know I did something good. But then all I have to do is just. You could do the wide eye thing. But then you have to walk in already wide eyed. I don't think I'm even capable of opening my eyes Try. wider than this. Try wider wider it's starting to burn like (laughs) is this what you want me to do well you can't do that in the photo oh i'm about to tear up like my eyes are way too sensitive i'm a bit of a, a wuss when it comes to my eyes the people are also like trying to see how they can smile without smiling because you're not allowed to smile in the photo so they're trying to like figure out how they can kind of make their lips kind of go up a little bit, but also keep it serious. Like people are taking this very, very seriously. And I just want to know because who is really seeing this license photo? The, the police, police, maybe, you know, the bartender, if you're trying to get into a club or a bar, who else? Like if no one really else. If you're getting on a plane, but you're staying within your own country, I guess, you know, the flight attendants and the people who are working behind the And desks. they don't care how you look. They probably look at it for two seconds. It's not like you walk around in your life with your license photo, like, hello, I'm Jessica. speak for yourself. That's what you do. Definitely, (laughs) all the time. People need to know who I am, where I live, what my birthday is. I don't know what other information is on my license. Obviously, I don't do this. People need to know, Jess. I don't even get asked, like, when I go to buy alcohol or if I'm going to a bar, like, I haven't been asked for my ID since I was, like, 20. See, I always get asked for my ID, especially when I was... You? Oh, yeah. With the beard and everything? Well, because the beard usually isn't this full, Jess. You look like you're 30. No, I looked like, especially when I was, you know, in my early 20s, I looked like a 16-year-old desperately trying to grow facial hair to make myself look (laughs) older. 
it was only once I hit like 25 that I started looking like my age. Albeit if I do shave my beard off right now, one, you'll realize I have no jawline. And two, I actually start looking like I'm, you know, Well, I know what you 20s. look like without your beard. And You've I... seen it. You've seen me at my best and my worst. Currently right now, this is kind of mid-grade right now. I have not gone to the barber in like two months. Yeah, your hair's a little wild. I really should. <laughs> I get ID'd quite a fair bit because I would always I look you. like. Maybe when you're young. But I met you when you were 21 and you looked older than you were. It's the stress. It's the stress. Of the working job, working it's as a line cook at the time. Yeah. But I remember actually in this town, and if you're in Ontario, we have the LCBO. Yep. Which is basically a government run. The liquor board. Liquor board. Something. Something. We don't have <laughs> private stores for alcohol, usually. So I went in with my dad. My dad was picking up a bunch of drinks because I think it was for one of the... Not for like a World Cup, but like one of the major league finals. I think it was baseball that he was going to watch with some of his friends. I was just walking around with him. I was not drinking at that time. I was underage. Like you see kids in the LCBO. Obviously the kids aren't drinking it. Parents are just bringing their kids in. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't touch anything. My dad goes to the clerk and they look at me immediately and says, he has to leave. And my dad's just like, no. It's like, he's here to help me, you know, carry this case to the car. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm going to have my hands full. He's not allowed to touch anything. Okay. So he looked at me and said, okay, Ty, just go to the car. He's, like, he's not even allowed to load it in the car. What do you mean? Once it's out of the store, they have so no control So they were sitting there anything. watching as my dad had to sit there juggling his <laughs> cases that he was picking up drinks for all of his buddies as he struggled to load it in and I just had to stand there. That's, I felt like a jerk. That's ridiculous because you could just get home and drink it all. I could. <laughs> Absolutely. And what are they going to do? It was very easy to if I wanted to. I used to go to but, liquor stores with my parents when I was a kid. Yeah, but I think it was for me is because I looked like the type who was probably trying to pretend to be older. You can probably tell for anybody who's watching and maybe guessing by the depth of my voice, I'm a bigger guy. When I was in grade four, I was 4'11", grade five, 4'11", still. But as soon as I hit grade six, I was 5'11". I grew a foot in a year and I've been six foot plus since grade seven. Yeah. So I'm a bigger guy and I had not really a mustache, but you know, like the hair starting to work its way in there. But man, I would rock sideburns because that was the <laughs> only thing that I could grow normally. But they probably thought, ah, this kid's trying to pretend like he's older. He's going to definitely just start hammering back those beers. They but also could have thought because some kids like linger outside the stores and ask other adults to buy for them. So maybe they wanted to watch to make sure that you were going in the car with your dad so they knew it was his son. Well, here's the thing. I look like my dad. People just are crazy. Minus the hair. Then we're, we're basically twins. I mean, listen, I'm glad they're trying to stop the underage drinking. I was more so just thinking about like just the ridiculousness of I'm not even allowed to help my dad put it away. Like, come on. As soon as it's out of the store, anything can happen. The world's a chaotic place. Yes, it is. I understand why they needed to do that. I understand not having me go through, pick things out or anything or pick things up. But come on. I'm just helping my dad lift stuff. Let me be a nice kid. Okay, this is kind of a really big deal that's happened, um, I think, last week. A door broke off an Alaska Airlines flight after they had already taken off. They were in the air. I think they had gone for about 20 minutes, and one of their emergency exit doors actually just flew right off the plane, which is terrifying. And so there are videos, we can probably put a screenshot of it, showing the massive like door gone. 
And what are those things called that fall from the, the ceiling? Masks. The oxygen masks came down. Everyone had to put them on and they had to do an emergency landing. They just kind of circled back to the airport. Thankfully, they weren't, you know, flying for a long time when it happened. But what's scary is that there was a little kid who was very close to the door and the mother had to hold on to him and his shirt actually flew out the door. People's phones were flying out the door. It was terrifying. You just don't want me to ever get on planes ever again, do you? Well, both you and I hate flying. It's terrifying. And I'm hoping that everybody was okay after that. Yes, everyone was okay. Okay, good. That is terrifying. And also, especially being in higher altitudes for a long period of time, it could be very detrimental to your health. Well, it depressurized. Yeah, which would definitely hurt because you'd be surprised, like, how much the pressure changes by going up or going down. Yeah, exactly. Ears were probably popping, among other things. And apparently it's really hard to land a plane when you have all the air going into it. It becomes unstable. Yeah, it's adding a bunch more drag to it because the fact that planes work, like the science is absolutely wacky. Yeah. But it very much relies on the aerodynamics of everything. That's why, you know, aerodynamics, how wind hits it. So all of a sudden there's this big catch basically acting as like a massive air brake that would be constantly trying to like pull the plane sideways. Yeah. Almost. Good on the pilots for being able to put it down and be okay. And hopefully everyone left with no injuries. There probably were some minor ones, but that is terrifying. Well, the pilots sounded terrified because they showed the, um, what's it called? The audio like conversation that they had and she sounded terrified. So, but she did a good job. She landed the plane. Everyone was fine. So, um, scary stuff. It makes me not want to fly because I'm already terrified. Of a pilot. I'm glad he hasn't had to deal with any of that stuff. Yeah. But he's told me some of the craziest things. But you've had like a similar story of having like a plane disassembled on the runway and then re put back together. Yeah. And I know that sounds like terrifying stuff, but if the pilot is willing to get on the plane, you usually know it's pretty much going to be safe. Because they have families, they want to be taking care of themselves as well as everybody else on the yeah, plane. Yeah, and they're, they're not well confident trained with it. They will not fly it. Yeah, that's kind of how I gauge things. If the plane's going to be safe, the pilot's going to be on it. That's how I keep myself from freaking out whenever I'm on these. We things. still will. <laughs> we yeah. still will. This one's uh, quite an interesting topic. A toilet exploded in a Dunkin' Donuts. The man is now seeking more than $100,000 in a lawsuit, claiming that he suffered severe injuries. Well, if it exploded, there's like pieces of porcelain flying around. That's awful. So basically, he was in the washroom, toilet exploded. He walked out to talk to one of the store owners. He was covered in feces and all kinds of fluids, obviously. And the person in the store was like, yeah, that keeps happening. And just said it was like a normal occurrence there, but they hadn't fixed the toilet yet. See, this is like a normal occurrence in like our house whenever I go to the bathroom, but like for (laughs) a Dunkin' Donuts, probably not. I'm sorry, if the toilet has a tendency to erupt. Explode? Just suddenly, like maybe if you flush the toilet and the water comes back at you, 
that's something that needs to be fixed. Yeah, and this happened a year ago, but the lawsuit is happening now, and he still is apparently suffering from injuries, which definitely sucks. But could you imagine telling someone that story of why you're injured? Like your family sees you and they're like, oh my gosh, like what happened? They got well, the Dunkin' Donuts enema. The that's toilet what happened. exploded. Like you get your coffee, you get your donuts, and you're like, hold on, just got to run to the bathroom. And it just erupts. I kind of have that schedule whenever I drink coffee. There's usually an eruption after the fact, but usually it's not the toilet exploding. Yeah, the man didn't erupt. It was the toilet. I feel very bad for the gentleman who had to experience that. That is obviously traumatic in both the physical sense of being injured and the psychological sense of having that happen to you. I do hope that everything is resolved. Yeah. Come on, if the toilet explodes and they're like, yeah, it kind of does that, that's the worst part. The clerk being like, oh, damn, it happened again. So, so it means there was another person that got <laughs> yes. like completely drenched in gray water and just walked out. And, they're like, and their reaction was just. It's like, yeah, man, it happened last Tuesday as well. Yeah. Mondays. <laughs> am I right? Come on. Uh, so he's probably going to win in the lawsuit. Well, like there's so much responsibility required to run any store like if the problem happens once and it's a freak accident yeah that really sucks but that's why he's gonna win because they said it happened often yeah. so they're aware of the problem the toilets and the, are exploding and that's just negligence at that point exactly and like negligence to cause bodily harm that's that's a that's a big issue i'm not a lawyer but as just a regular old civilian like this dunkin donuts they got something coming yeah he and has a case more than just a shit storm pun intended <laughs> The Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse is entering the public domain. And so many people are already planning horror movies and horror video games about Mickey Mouse. I'm pretty sure I've already seen a few of them pop up on Steam. I've seen some images, some images, and they look pretty terrifying. Well, is it Mickey Mouse or is it specifically has to be Steamboat Willie? It has to be the Steamboat Willie version. Which is interesting. So it's just Mickey with a hat, basically. But he looks a little different. Well, it's because it's older animation. Oh, right? yeah. It's not from like the 1930s or something. Maybe even sooner, to be completely honest. Yeah. I didn't do well in history. I'm interested to see if they're going to go like full blood and honey on this. Like the Winnie the Pooh one. I was going to say that didn't do well. No. Like they really tried. People I didn't were even excited. Have to watch it and I knew it wasn't going to be that good. Like, come on. I mean, like, how it's... scary can can... Winnie the Pooh I'm really pretty be. sure that movie is basically that, you know, everybody else in the Hundred Acre Wood just ate Eeyore and then things <laughs> just went crazy from there. Yeah, they're all like cannibalistic. Yeah. But this is going to happen more often because, you know, older cartoons, like the realm of what's it called? Like copyright. I don't know the right copyright terms for this. Copyright does have. It expires. An expiry date and Steamboat Willie. Honestly, it could be 100 years. So then that would tell us that Steamboat Willie was 1924. 1920s, yeah. So. That could be it, but that's why Winnie the Pooh became public domain a couple of years back because its copyright expired. Right. So we're going to be seeing a lot of old a cartoons. A lot more old cartoon horror movies. But did they say the title of what the Steamboat Willie horror movie is going to be? No. Is it going to be animated or is it going to be live action? In I... which case, is there going to be a grayscale mouse wearing a certain hat chasing people down on a steamboat? Yeah, is it going to be in black and white? That'd be interesting. Are they just, like, as I said, going to go full blood and honey and just put, like, a mouse head on just some regular guy wearing coveralls? 
I don't know, but I think the only reason I'd watch it is if they had a big movie company do it. I feel like if Tom in his basement tries to put together a hey, movie, I'm not going to see it. They might do a great job. They might. They might put a lot of heart into it. I don't know. It might just be Tom playing every character. It could be fantastic. That Editor, could be, director, that actor. That could be a gem in the making. It could be. All right. I won't judge Tom. Hey, we're going to have to see. Some of the best horror movies were made as student films. Evil Dead was a student film. And probably made by Tom's. Pretty sure that one was uh, a Sam Raimi. But... Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty here. Talking about how we met. And this would have happened back in 2017. So you and I had both gotten out of relationships. Mine was long term. I think mine was like seven years at that point. You were in like a year or two that you year got and out a of? half, I believe. See, Ty and I are both very introverted, sort of shy people that are very much independent to ourselves. But for some reason, which I cannot believe, we both decided to download Tinder. I had my reasoning for it. What's your reasoning? I lived out in the middle of nowhere and the prospects where I was, everybody was bigger than I am and looked like they wanted to hurt me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so we needed to expand the radius, especially because at that time I was working as a line cook. Yeah. Really, it was work, then home, and that was it. And maybe going out to my friend's house on the weekends in the city. Yeah. So there really wasn't much time to really meet people. Like, sure, I might be able to meet people at the bar restaurant that I worked at, but I was always in the kitchen and I always smelled like cabbage. Like, so wait, it's did, not really appealing. Did you put your radius to like the max? Oh, no, I would just use it whenever I was at my friend's house. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because I had my radius to, I think, um, I don't know how many kilometers it was, but I know it was like an hour-ish. So that's why I was able okay, to probably reach you. Okay, so you still you. would have been able to get me while I was still at my house at the time. But I had mine much smaller and I would only use it whenever I go to the city. I only downloaded Tinder because basically my mom told me to. She mine sat me too. down and she was like, listen, like I had been in a seven year relationship that was pretty toxic, wasn't working out for me. And she wanted me to find someone new, understandable. And because I'm so shy, that's just not going to happen like on its own terms. Like I'm not going to go out and like talk to a guy. And if a guy ever like asks my number, I freak out, scream and run away, you know? So like my mom was like, just download Tinder. You're able to talk to people and you can choose who you want to talk to, yada, yada. It didn't sound like a great idea to me, but I still downloaded it. And uh, that's how we swiped right on each other. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to know that both of our mothers had zero faith in our social skills because my I know. mom told me the same thing. They're like, she you said, need Tinder. You're not going to meet anybody. Because I was, at the time, just running between work. And I'm shy, too, believe it or not. People who have met me, they know I can talk their ear off. But it's a very small group of people that I usually hang out with. And at that time, our hangouts were sitting in the basement playing Dungeons & Dragons. Yep. And playing video games. That was really it. Ordering pizza. Funny enough, after our first date, that's exactly what I did afterwards. Yeah, we'll get there. I went to my friend's house to play some video games. We will get there. We will get you're, there. You're scooting ahead a little bit here. Tinder's a weird place, okay? I had been on it for a couple weeks, and the day that we swiped right on each other, I was planning on getting rid of it the next day. So you literally snuck your way into the very last few hours that I was even going to have Tinder 
because I just found it so weird. Tinder just has the strangest people. I had so many weird interactions. People asked me the strangest things, and most people wanted to meet, like, right away. Oh, yeah. I've had my few strange interactions myself, honestly. I'm a weird guy. So some of it could have been my fault. I will take responsibility for that. Right when I matched with you, actually, was the day I cut the tip of my finger off because I was having a really bad day after having a really bad Tinder date because I went on a couple dates with somebody only for them to admit to me that they had a boyfriend the whole time. And I was like... Did the boyfriend know that she was doing this? I don't know. Was it an open relationship? They just mentioned it. Like, I was just saying, hey, how's your day going? And they said, oh, I just went out to a hockey game with my BF. It's like, BF? Like, best friend? No boyfriend. I'm like, I'm out. Did you check her bio? Because sometimes they put, like, just so you know, I'm in a relationship. nothing about that in their bio. I'm going to get out of this situation before things get complex. So what did you say? Were you just like, okay, I'm uncomfortable with that? Yeah. Because ultimately, like, I try and stick to a certain, you know, core values. Well, obviously, yeah. Usually if you're dating somebody, (laughs) it means that you're not in, you know, another serious relationship, right? But I couldn't agree with it. If people do that, you know, all the power to you. I'm not going to judge that. But personally, for me, it's not my cup of tea. So I said I'm outie. I was stressed out because, you know, you know, I had a few meetings with this person just for dinners and stuff. And I was enjoying myself a little bit. And then hearing that, I was obviously shaken a bit because yeah. I don't want to be the reason for anyone's relationship to fall apart. Well, you wouldn't be the reason. I, I, she I know, would be the reason. But I had guilt about that. I was shaken, cutting some lettuce, cut the tip of my finger off, Tinder matched with Jess. Right. So we both Crazy swiped day. right. You had like only three pictures on your profile. And most of them my ex-girlfriend did. Yeah, so your ex-girlfriend was a photographer or something, (laughs) and she took a couple of them. But then you had, like, these shots where it was, like, you running for rugby or something. In all honesty, I was the first person in that group photo. I was the main focus of that photo. Why do guys put group photos on their Tinder? We have all collaborated, (laughs) me and every man in existence, to figure out what is the most optimal Tinder profile. Okay, but you... The group photo always works. It doesn't because I'm like, which one is he? And then it's also... Obviously, it was the blonde guy. I don't even think I have the photo anymore, but it was a photo of rugby. And basically, I was running with the ball. And you set up when you're running kind of in a diagonal line. And I was going in to crash into their, like, the opponent's line, basically. But I was the first person there. The camera was focused on me. Listen, I know you knew who you were in that photo. But obviously you'd be able to tell no. because all the other photos were of a blonde dude. I was looking at it and I'm like, is could it be him, 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 him? And then what if you have a better looking friend? You know what I mean? You didn't. I mean, one of my best friends was in that photo too. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> was it Nick? Yes, it was Nick. <laughs> I, played, I played on a team with my friend Nick. Okay. And uh, he was on there. And I can probably, I remember the other four guys that were on there, but they were all blurred out. It was just a really nice photo of me, and I thought, you know what? Sports photo, that'll work. I mean, it did work. It did, it did work. work. You but and your three photos. there was a reason why it wasn't the first photo. It was one of the ones in there. All right, all right. You got to get the full body photo in there. Anyway. Guys, if you're on these crazy dating apps, I'm not sure if the world has changed, but back in my day, it worked. So we both swipe right. We matched. Uh, Ty sent me this gif of this little stuffed animal looking thing. It looked like a puppet that was waving. Calculated. 
It was calculated. Okay. Anyway. Believe me, there was a system at play here. You did reach out first, and the gift was cute. The only issue I had with gifts is like, what do I say then? Do I send a gift back? Well, did I send a gift back? saying hi. I think you did too. I think I sent a, a waving one no back. There's pressure with a gift, right? You send that, and also at the time, probably still is now, most dating apps are rife with bots. Most of them will not send you a gift, and if you send them a gift with nothing on it, that's how you can tell if they're able to respond properly. You thought I was a bot? Obviously, look at her. On Tinder, if you see somebody like this, it's usually too good to be true. It's very sweet, Bean. It's very sweet. But you thought I was a robot? I had to test. <laughs> yes. I had to test. So that day, you cut off your finger. Just the tip. Just this one right here. Just, right. Just right there. And you were hospitalized? Yeah. I had like a, I call it the silencer. I had like a big bandage on my finger. <laughs> and you got all the stitches, well, if right? if I ever did finger guns, this one was a little quieter. Did they stitch you up or did you just uh, get a bandage? They put on basically like a mesh that wrapped around because the amount of flesh that I lost, apologies if anybody gets a little squeamish, the distance between like each side of the wound was too far to properly stitch. Ew. And you also, it's really hard to stitch through a solid nail. All right, nail. all right. So that was our first conversation, him telling me that he had cut part of his finger off. We talked for a little bit. Now, I had this thing where I was trying to analyze, like, your conversation skills. They were fine, but you never used emojis or any sort of, like, you never showed me really how you felt. So it felt like your the way you were talking was very monotone. Well, I do talk very monotone. Everybody's I know, but... been able to experience that this like past however long we've been talking. I know, but like I would send like, hey, like I was thinking about you. Like, how's your day going? Whatever, like smiley face. And you'd be like, it's going well. How is yours? And like you spoke like that. So I thought you didn't like me. Because I do speak like that. No, you use you use emojis now. I do now because you told me to. And like you, you said, you need to start doing that because you always think that I'm disappointed. Yeah, but you didn't even like say like laugh my ass off or LOL or anything. Because I'm not. <laughs> I know, but I the way... I guarantee you, whenever anybody says LMAO, they're sitting there on the couch doing this. Yeah, probably. But, like, when we were talking for the first time, it just seemed like you were so, like, straight to the point, like, very monotone. So I didn't think you liked me. So we went, like, a good two days where we didn't talk. And I was like, okay, I'm going to delete Tinder. Like, I can't do this anymore. And literally before I deleted it, he was like, hey, like, how are you? So you initiated the conversation again. And so we started talking again. She made me work for it. So we almost did not get together like it almost didn't work out which is really scary to think about a little bit but clearly like we're here now so it worked out obviously things worked so as i said calculated so i was talking to a couple other people at the same time as you (gasps) (laughs) you knew this already you knew this already um but i was the only one you were talking to right i'm pretty sure yeah because at that point you could just say it no at that point like usually how I would do things is if I was actively talking with one person, I wouldn't be talking with anybody else. Okay. I didn't have that same mentality. Yeah. I do. I respect it, though. That's a good said, way to do things. To each their own with however it is. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Be nice to people. That's really... Yeah. Well, there, there is a wrong way to do it, and that's just being an asshole to somebody. I mean, I am an asshole, but I'm at least nice when I talk to people. Be kind. Yeah, Ask all the things. It's the obvious way to, to converse. But I was talking to you and this other guy, and I had decided not to tell you or the other person that I was a YouTuber. So I was just telling you that I was a graphic designer, which wasn't necessarily not false. Wrong. You went to school. I did go to school it. for graphic design. I graduated 
in graphic design and I was doing some freelance projects here and there. When I met you, I really just started YouTube. I was on like my second year or something, but I didn't want to upright say that I was a YouTuber. I was afraid you would look up my channel and would get to know me before I knew you. And I didn't like the idea of that. I mean, it is fair because after our first date, as I said, I went to my friend's house and that was the first thing they did when they found out. So I didn't tell you and I was nervous of how you would react when I met you. Now, I don't remember if I went on the date with the other guy before I met you or after, but I knew I it, was it was after back to back. I think it was after because you realized after going on that second date, I was just so much that cooler. You were the one. And I am so humble. Yeah. So what happened was we met at a coffee shop. I told you that I was a YouTuber and you were so cool about it. Like you were like, that's As really expected. cool. You were asking questions about it. You seemed really interested. Keep saying more nice things you, about me. <laughs> you won't like, you weren't overly like weird about it, you know? Because who am I to judge, right? Like if it's a job that somebody has, they're enjoying it. That's already leaps and bounds better than what most people can do, right? Like having a job that you're having fun doing is almost unheard of. There's yeah. a reason why they call it work and not fun, right? So seeing somebody that is genuinely enjoying what they're doing, it doesn't matter if you're making boatloads of money or pennies, right? You're enjoying it. Yeah. That's awesome. I liked how interested you were. And I went on the date with this other guy and um, I told him I was a YouTuber and he was very, very rude and disrespectful. He told me, you know, well... I'm going to school to be a lawyer. I'm in law school. And if I ever told my parents that I was a YouTuber, they would disown me. And I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, it's just not a real career. And like my parents would not be happy with me. And I don't think they'd ever want to see me again. Like just telling me this after I opened up to him about my job. And he kept saying, oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. And then he goes into saying like, and if you, if you want to be with me, just so you know, I live in a frat house. And uh, there's about 12 rooms in this frat house. They party every night. I can barely sleep. But you could come hang out with me at my house. And I was like, that sounds tempting, but no. <laughs> and then we walked out to the um, parking lot and he saw my car and he goes, that's your car. You have a nicer car than me and I'm going to be a lawyer. So it was at just, that point, you're just measuring sticks. At oh, that my point. gosh. Like, it was so irritating. So obviously never saw him again. And I went back to my mom and I'm like, I have the perfect guy. Like, I just I know I have the perfect guy because you were just so great with our conversation. But anyway, going back a little bit, we met at a coffee shop and you almost didn't make it. You nope. were almost late because your neighbor was trying to give you cats. Yes. So. I lived on a farmhouse. Yeah. We had horses. We had a ridiculous amount of animals. And I know it seems off topic, but my mom is basically, if there's ever an animal in need, she drops everything and goes for it. My dad is very much the voice of reason in the situation and says, come on, like, we, we don't need this. Let's take him to the vet. Let them handle it. Yeah. Take him to the shelter, whatever. One of our neighbors made it their own personal mission to save every cat in the local area. Yep. So by that, they would trap people's cats and then drop them on my doorstep mm -hmm. for my brother and I to then take said cat two hours away to one of the few rescues that was accepting. Right as I was about to leave, because at this point, Jesse and I, we lived like an hour away. So yeah. there was adequate warning for this. Right as I was grabbing the keys to head out, 
to drive down. In comes the car, and in comes the lady holding two cats by the scruff of their neck as they're, like, trying to rip her arms apart. And, I mean, I don't blame the cats. Like, come on, use a crate. And I'm just like, oh, no. And my dad was the only one home with me at the time, and he just looked at me. He saw how defeated I was. Yeah. And he said, buddy, just, just I'll take this. Just go. And my dad basically politely told the person, and I know, big shocker, I'm about to swear here, to f*** off yeah. and just let the cats go. Come on. Like, there's these are people's barn cats. They'll be okay. They're already fixed. But then I was able to go on the coffee date But you were you. texting me, like, oh, I don't know, like, my neighbor's here, like, bringing cats, whatever. And I'm thinking you're about to, like, not come or, like, have an excuse for dipping out i didn't want to dip out believe me my dad saw how excited i was for this yeah because we were talking for a while at this point like i'm i move at a snail's pace when it comes to actually asking somebody out so i was really excited i felt like we had a connection and like right as this person came in i was like (laughs) oh no but you made it we did i was there first and you were only like 10 minutes after me or something and we had a great conversation. And then afterwards, we like hugged, said goodbye. And I'm you... a hugger. That's why. Yeah, you are a hugger. I, I, I'm not really. So I was surprised when he was like, do you want to do a hug? And I was like, sure. I'm a big hugger. I'm a big old cuddly teddy bear. Yeah, I was but happy too. it feels too. weird saying bear because that's my brother's name. That's so your brother's I'm, name. I'm a big old cuddly tie. And then you forgot your wallet in the booth of the coffee shop. I did. And I realized that about three hours after the date. I can't believe you were still able to go and get it. As I've alluded to before and mentioned, I was in the city basically at this point, and I lived way far away. So after the date, I set up a time to hang out with my friends after. Yeah. We were all sitting in the basement playing games, all that stuff, and we're like, yeah, let's order a pizza. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give my cut. So I'm looking for my wallet, and it's like, oh, no. So thankfully, since we were in the city still, I did not have to drive another two hours, basically, to go get my wallet and get back to where I was. It was only, you know, 10 minutes. I looked. The booth was empty. If it was full, I would have landed on somebody. But I dove into that thing. And it was kind of jammed in between, kind of like in between the cushions. My wallet was still there. You're so lucky. It was a good day. As I said, after you told me you were a YouTuber... Because went back to my friend's house. They asked how the date went. I said, it went well. She was really, really nice. And I feel like, you know, this is, I have a shot with this. Yeah. And they said, YouTube, Ray. Immediately, YouTube pops up on the TV screen. And they say, what's her username? And I you're go, like, no. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> that was our first date. Did I you w- show them pictures of me? Nope. Why? Why? Because I didn't need to. I thought I was weird looking. No. I thought you were beautiful. I'm just but kidding. believe me, my friends are resourceful. If they had a picture of you they would have found your YouTube channel. Well, I wouldn't have cared that much because after I told you, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. But even to this day, I do not watch your YouTube videos because I know it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel like I don't really want anyone who knows me watching my videos even for some reason. Even though she'll let me edit these. Well, yeah, this is different. Like, I don't know, me filming myself talking about creepy things is just, I feel so embarrassed when but other people watch I feel like I it. learned so much about you and your sister. Doing the podcast. Doing the podcast now. In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> I feel like I've been cursed with this knowledge. Cursed. And I also see how much you throw me under the bus. So I do not. Oh, all the time. I do not. Y'all do all the time. It's warranted. The next date I asked you on, it was actually to meet my entire family. And I don't mean just my parents, just my sister. I mean, my cousin was having, I think it was his 19th birthday. His 19th birthday. So I loaded him up. So you went and got him all kinds of booze as a present, which I think In was a really good Canada, gift. Canada. In Ontario. It's 19. 19 is the drinking age. 
Yeah. And so I was surprised that you said yes, because literally, guys, like we had only had like a 45 minute coffee date. And then I was like, hey, do you want to meet my entire family? So like literally. I feel like I did something right then. Yeah. Like 20 people were at this party and you were like, sure, let's go. Like I thought you were going to say no, but you were like, I'm down. Let's do it. You managed to make everybody in your family think I was a chef, though. I never once said I was a chef. So to I didn't them. tell them chef. I told them that you worked at a restaurant preparing food, and they took that as he must be a chef, no, a I renowned was, I chef. I was a line cook. I did not go to school for cooking. Yeah. So you arrived, and they're like, "The chef is here," and they were worried about how they were cooking their food because, like, you're the chef, <laughs> and you were like, nope. "I'm not a chef." <laughs> I, I was not a chef. The food was amazing. Yeah. But I remember your grandfather slapped me on the back and said, "If it's good enough for a chef, I know I'm doing something well." And I'm just like, I'm not a chef. Yeah, I'm a line cook. <laughs> I'm a line cook. So it was a good night. Um, we went to a bar. And while we were leaving, my aunt went to hug Ty. And she took a chunk and out of ear his out. ear with her fingernail. I didn't notice until we were driving back. It was like bleeding was all bleeding down, down, his... down my neck. It was awful. But yeah, the night Love went well. Family. It was great. It was a great party. But uh, left with some injuries. And then when you dropped me off... Um, you didn't kiss me because my parents like gave us space like Mandy gave us space like it was just you and I at the front door and it was like late at night and like we were saying goodbye and you didn't kiss me or like even really come close to me so I was like oh my gosh like maybe I didn't know there was an expectation no like it's not even that I expected it like just some piece of meat no (laughs) I just felt like there was no like intimacy in your eyes even like I just felt terrified Jess I was wounded I just met your entire family. I was shaken. But that's why I was worried. Like but I also wanted to be respectful because I'm a massive guy, just to put it plainly. And you are a little lady. <laughs> like, even our engagement photos, I look like I'm holding her against her will. No, no one thinks that. I do. My hand is like the size of your forearm. Because if I go in and try and grab you, that could be something intimidating. That does not make you scary. And I never was intimidated by you. I actually, when I went back inside after I saw you, we said goodbye. I went up to my sister's room and she was sitting in bed and she's like, what do you think? And I was like, I don't think he likes me. And I was so like upset. I was like, he didn't give me a kiss goodbye. We didn't really linger in any sort of hug. He didn't ask me on a different date. He didn't ask to see me again. Like I thought that I blew it taking you to see my family. You done blew it. I thought that was it. And even like the way that we like said goodnight, it wasn't very, I just thought you didn't like me anymore. It's because I only speak in one tone, Jess. It took you years to be able to distinguish my sarcastic voice from my normal voice. I'm used to like you now, And the difference between the sarcastic voice and the normal voice is what are my eyebrows doing? (laughs) Which doesn't help people who are listening to a podcast right now. Anyway, so yeah, I thought that it was over for us. But the next day he messaged me good morning and we started talking again and we started talking about going on another date. And I was like, okay, maybe things are okay. Telling me all these things and it's making me feel like how close I was to just completely ruining it all the time just because both of us were like super self-conscious of everything we did. That's the thing. We overthink things yeah. when we don't really need to. I'm but, a major overthinker. Like it makes it feel like this relationship that we have right now. Almost didn't happen. <laughs> almost. Like it feels like the chance of success for all this was in like the tenths of, of a percent basically from all of these points. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are. It worked. Yeah. I won. 
That's how I put it. (laughs) Yes, you won. I won. So I kept asking you on weird dates. So the third time I saw you, I wasn't supposed to see you. Mandy and I were doing the basement challenge. Now, this if you guys have stuck around for a very long time, this challenge was back in 2017. It was the very first 24-hour basement challenge. Mandy and I had an unfinished basement, and we always talked about there's ghosts down there. It's probably haunted. It's creepy. So people were begging us to do a 24-hour basement challenge, and Mandy said she would do it with me. So we went down there. We ordered Pizza Hut. My dad brought it down to us. The rules are that you can't leave the basement. So we literally had a pee bucket down in the cold cellar that if we had to go to the bathroom, it had to be in there. We had to stay down there. And Mandy was like, yeah, totally. I'll stay with you. I'll do it. Whatever. So we watched Black Mirror. It was like when the first uh, season came out, we ate all of our pizza. We danced around a little bit. And then she was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, hold on a second you promised that you would stay down there with me and do the basement challenge. And she was like, nah, nah, I'm gone. And so she left. And so it was just me. And I was like, how am I going to complete this basement challenge? I'm going to have to like say she went to bed and it's just me. And then I was like, hold on a second. Why don't I ask Ty if he wants to come over and complete the challenge with me? Third date, she was already locking me in a basement. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I keep asking you on very weird dates. So I texted him and I'm like, there's no way. At this point, it was like 11 p.m. It was very late, probably sounded like a booty call. (laughs) And I was like, hey, like, do you want to come over and spend the night with me in my basement? And he was like, hell yeah, Yeah. I'm coming over right now. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. So like you guys didn't know this because you didn't know I was dating anybody yet. So if you go back and watch that video, I pretend the whole night that I am by myself in the basement. I was hiding behind the camera the whole time. Yes, he was there the whole time. And it's so funny because when I was editing that video, anytime he'd laugh or talk or whatever, I'd have to cut it out. So that was a hard video to edit. And we also, um, I had Ty, like before we were like stuck down there, go up and grab some alcoholic beverages. And so (sighs) we were definitely, we watched Atlantis and played a game where... The mustache game. The mustache game. So you put mustaches on the TV and whenever your mustache lines up with the person's face, you take a drink. Yeah. So you guys didn't know that we were playing drinking games. I had my boyfriend over. Actually, we weren't boyfriend-girlfriend yet. We were dating. We weren't exclusive. We weren't exclusive. But yeah, it wasn't a booty call. Nothing happened. We didn't kiss. He was very respectful. I mean, there was a little bit of pressure because you whipped out the wedding albums of your entire family. Oh, gosh. I'm not sure if you remembered that. I can't get into what that means, but I have... No, she started going through like her parents' wedding albums and like aunts and uncles and all that stuff. Good on you guys for keeping a good catalog. I was telling you like family secrets. (laughs) Like I was pointing at photos like that that night this happened, that night this happened, and it was all this drama. For some reason. And then we went to sleep, and then you had to be up at like seven in the morning to go to work. No, I got up at six. I I felt so bad. Because I needed to get home to basically get dressed in all of my like cooking clothes and all that stuff to be at the shop at. 10 in the morning. And you and had like zero had, sleep. Oh, I slept for about 30 minutes. And you were drinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I felt so bad. I was good enough to drive, but my goodness, that was a rough day. There's a reason why I wasn't the chef. I was just a line cook. I, I could afford to be in that state. <laughs> yeah, so I felt really bad for that, but it was a good night, and that video went up with you guys not even knowing. So go back and watch it and just know that after Mandy's gone, I was with Ty the entire time. Um, Secrets are coming out. Secrets are coming out. And then we went on a fourth date, and I think 
Ty asked me on this one. We wanted to go to a movie, and I think we brought Mandy and Luca. I think we did, but the movie was double date. It was split. It was split. Or was it, it was um, Get Out? No, it was split. It was split. So yeah, went to that movie, went to dinner with Mandy and Luca. It was great. Uh, came back home, and this is when we kissed. Okay, guys, listen carefully. So we after all the pressure she gave me, <laughs> I finally well hold on. I, I finally faltered. Yes, I did. So she ground me down. Ty was sleeping over because he um, lived very far away, and so my parents obviously were like, okay, like throw probably, him on the couch. Yeah, put him on the couch. There needs to be a minimum distance <laughs> that he stays away. And so we were like cuddling on the couch, lying on the same couch. You were supposed to be in your room. I was supposed to have gone up but to my bed. look at this rule breaker over here. Yeah, rebellious. Decided to come in for some cuddles. Yeah, and so we so were scandalous. we were lying there and cuddling and we still hadn't kissed and so I think there was like this awkward like tension between us because we knew like we hadn't kissed yet and so we're lying there in silence and Ty, can I say it? You can say whatever <laughs> you want. I feel like this entire story is just letting everybody know that my game is weak. But there's kind of like a cute charm to it's it. It's a little cute. So this is how he pulls the kiss. We're lying there quietly, and he kind of whispers to me, can we, like, kiss or something? I ask permission. Come but on. you said, or something. Or something. <laughs> so to this day, whenever I ask Jessie something, she says at the end, or something. Yes. It was cute. Can we, like, kiss or something? And so obviously I said yes. And I turned to him because we weren't facing each other. I turned to face him and I kissed his cheek first. And then he goes, you missed. And then we actually kissed. <gasps> so cute. Scandalous. So Scandalous. Um, but yeah, I kissed your cheek first because I didn't know. Gosh, we are so awkward. Yeah. We are so awkward. But the you missed thing was actually pretty, pretty cute. What can I say? I'm clever sometimes. Yes. When, it, when it's my turn with the brain. I can be pretty clever. And then what happened was he went back home, obviously, and a couple days later, he was having a family gathering, and he texted me, and he's like, my family keep asking me what we are. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And he's well, like, what did. should I tell them? I'm pretty sure at that point they didn't even think you existed. Because I hadn't seen them yet. No, they started calling you Snuffleupagus after yep. the character from Sesame Street. Imaginary friend. The imaginary friend that nobody believed was real. I was really nervous to meet your family. So yeah. I just kept pushing it off. I was like, I can't do it yet. I can't do it yet. And then the first time you did, it was... Uh, well, hold well, on. You're passing this because I know you're embarrassed about it. I am. I'm, you... trying, I'm trying to get through this. I feel like this is the trial <laughs> of me. You asked me to be your girlfriend over text. But it was sneaky because you were saying, my family keeps asking me what we are. It what should sneaky. I tell them? I'm telling you the truth. They were asking. I said, what should I tell them? And so I had to be like, what about your girlfriend? And you were like, okay, sounds good. So it you works. kind of pushed me into saying it first. Calculated. Yeah, it was very sneaky. But obviously, like, I wanted it to be that way. So then we were girlfriend and boyfriend. The plan was going swimmingly. Yes. And what... I was hoping to be a great next few months, um, turned out to be kind of sad because I was diagnosed with Lyme disease pretty much right after. And I'm just like such a depressing person to be No, around. no, actually. I, I, I made her so sad. No, you actually made that whole process a lot easier on me. And if I didn't have you, I don't know what I would do. But I was diagnosed with Lyme and I was put on a three month really intense treatment and I was bedridden, could barely walk around the house, was nauseous constantly, couldn't eat. I was on antibiotics every like 30 minutes all day long. Um, and you were there like for me the whole entire time, bringing me like little goodie bags, was, bringing me I lemon water. I call in sick from work to 
come and take care of you. Yeah, I was very weak and you took care of me. And that was very nice. Mm -hmm. Went through all of that. And after those months, I ended up buying my first house. And it was there that we first told each other we loved each other. But I have to tell the story. Okay. Basically, because obviously I did something wrong. No, you didn't do anything wrong. But I people did. might be surprised that I said it first. I don't think they are, Jess. Based on the rest of the story, <laughs> they know I take forever. So it was like four months into it. And I don't know if that's a long time for people to wait to say I love you. Four months. Do people say it sooner? I have no idea. Let us know. I have a feeling you wanted to say it sooner based on all the hints you were giving me. Yeah. So I fell in love with him during my Lyme treatment, probably like second month that we were together. So that's like two were, months of me not said, saying it. I'm not sure if it was your mom told me or you told me eventually that you said that you had the feeling that you did when I showed up with the care package. Yeah. For stuff and while you were bedridden basically I was rolling around on the ground like a court jester to try and make you laugh yes that's when I loved you and a couple months went by where I just wasn't saying it and it was because I wasn't sure if you felt the same way oh I did um, I definitely did but, but you weren't saying it either yeah, so I was I'm like when do we say it so I had gotten this new house he was over one day and at the very beginning of the day before we went out to like do errands and stuff I was like I have something I need to tell you but I'm gonna tell you later I thought this was judgment day. He thought I, thought, I was going to break up yeah, with him. I thought it was going to happen. You're like, day. is it something bad? And I was like, no, like, it's good. It could be spun in a way that by you breaking up with me, it was a good thing for you. No, that would be so awful. That's, but we overthink things. Yeah, that's true. We overthink things. That's true. So that's what was going on in my head. So we were grocery shopping and I was having a panic attack. And I know, I, I don't know why I did it this way where I was to like, just wait till me. later. I don't to know. terrify me. But you liked to see me squirm. I think I was hoping that you would hear that and say it first. So later on that night, um, you're like, just tell me, like, just tell me. And I remember that my heart was beating so fast. We were like sitting on the bed and I was like, well, I love you. And I was so scared because you so you paused for a long time. Just the weight of the world just dropped off of me at that point. Aw. And then you're like, I love you too. Yes. <laughs> and then I was, I felt so much relief. But my heart, I remember it was pounding so hard, like being so nervous to tell you. But you told me after the fact that you've been playing Boney Vare's Skinny Love constantly trying to kind of lead me into saying it first. Yeah, Bon Iver is my favorite song, so I'd play it around you and Your you'd be like... favorite artist. What did I say? Your favorite song. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Skinny Love is my favorite song by Bon Iver. And so I'd play it around you and you'd be like, oh, it's a good song. And I'd be like, yeah, do you know what Skinny Love means? And you'd be like, no. And I'd be like, it means that two people love each other but are too afraid to say it. And I said, huh, neat. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And just kept going about... And I was trying to be like, oh, like this is what I want to like tell you that we love each other but we're afraid to say it but you weren't getting the hint no i'm anyway i'm dense <laughs> so yeah then you started appearing in a lot of videos we did like the boyfriend uh tie-dye first video i think together i did because he thought it would be really clever since my name is ty to do tie-dye right and that was fun it and was. then we did a lot of dollar store videos together i wanted and... to come in on the video where you were trying on your mom's wedding dress because that would have been really funny just the amount of pressure that video would have exuded would have been hilarious. I did so many videos where you were in the background and no one knew. Because I'm so sneaky. <laughs> but I didn't want to introduce you until we'd been together for a couple months, which I think it's, is it's fair. It's fair. It is. Yeah. We had to move in together pretty quickly. So we had didn't plan on it. I bought my house. You were living a bit closer, 
at that point. I think yeah. you were half an hour away. Yeah. And so you were just staying with your parents, obviously, and coming back and forth. But his dad actually got a job in Alberta. And so they had to move out, sell their house. And so re- really, we didn't have much of a choice. You either would have to go to Alberta or come move in with me. And I really didn't have a problem because you were over all the time anyway. Just making your house smell like cabbage because I was still totally, working at the restaurant. Totally, totally. You admitted afterwards. It's like, I'm glad that you quit that job because I could not stand the fact that you always smelled like a salad. You always smelled like cabbage when you got back, but like, it was and fine. Onions, cabbage, and it's not a bad smell, but it's a strange smell. It's definitely interesting when, you know, here comes your boyfriend walking in and then the wall of produce follows behind him. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so he moved in after like six months of us dating, which was interesting. Fast by my family standards. And then we got engaged a year later. Yeah, a year and a half. That was kind of my way of measuring it because every single longer term relationship that I had been in before at the year and a half mark was make or break it. And every single one before that would always falter. So you only proposed because I made it just past a year and a half? No, because <laughs> I kidding. knew I'm just kidding. that you were the one I wanted to spend the rest yeah. of my life with. But I just, you know, call it superstition. But that time did have its significance for me. But also, I wanted to at least live with you for a little bit to see if we could even stand each other living. Yeah, it makes other. sense. So Because I've seen and heard so many stories of people who moved in together. And it was at that point that they realized they could not stand each other. And at that point, they might have already had kids. They could have been married, this, that, everything. So many connections and responsibilities to each other that they either decided to stick with it and eventually resent each other, or they had to completely separate each other from these things. And I did not want to do that with you. I wanted to be cautious, but I made the best decision of my life. Yeah, we we, we both did. To get engaged with you and marry you. Yeah, it was a very special day. If anyone doesn't know the story, um, we went up to Blue Mountain, which is a really cute, like, little town sort of uh, on a mountain by the beach. It's kind of a strange area, but it's really pretty. Mountain is a... It's not a a mountain. It's a a a pretty tall hill. There are really tall hills and there's like hiking trails. People go skiing there, stuff like that. So we went in September and I took him to my favorite trail. And I told him there's this beautiful like lookout area. That's like my favorite. You can see all over like the town. And You wanted to see the scenic caves. Yes. So we went and did the caves and he proposed in my favorite spot on the lookout. And we had been vlogging that day. So I was like, oh my gosh, like why don't we take a thumbnail picture looking out over like the view? It'd be such a good picture. Because I made you think that. Yeah. As I said, this entire story, everything was calculated and planned. planned. There was blueprints. There were drafts. Yeah. Everything thought out, planned to the second. You weren't expecting it. Then we were both diagnosed with Lyme disease a few months later. (laughs) Yep. So it was like this really happy moment and then um, a diagnosis. Now, I had already been diagnosed in 2017, but I had another co-infection put on top of that that really affected my breathing, made me feel really sick again. And then we found out that Ty, he got tested while he was there as well. We went to the States. Because my symptoms that I just lived with, I thought were normal. She's like, yeah, that's not normal. People shouldn't be feeling sick all the time. I knew he had it. I'm like, you have Lyme. He's like, no, no, I've never been bit by ticks. And I'm like, you have Lyme. 
And it was right. He came back with Lyme. So three months before our wedding, we were on an intense treatment. At the same time, we had to go on paleo. I was doing a antibiotic treatment and he was doing a herbal treatment. It was rough right before the wedding, but we got married in the middle of the forest, which is what I always wanted. We had like Lord of the Rings music going up and down the aisle. It was very- You had your twilight as well while we were signing Twilight, it was very nerdy, but beautiful. I was happy I was able to sneak in a Muse song. Yes, but it was like uh, classical Well, that's just the song. Oh, was it the actual song? Yeah, I think it's called Exogenesis Symphony Part Three. Okay. So yeah, we had all this like music that we loved in it and uh, had a great wedding ceremony. I made a mistake because I was on medication and I was drinking and my doctors told me like, make sure you're not mixing the two. And I stopped the medication like 24 hours or 48 hours before the wedding, but I didn't know it was supposed to be seven days before you drink. So I had a really bad reaction later on in the night. Thankfully, it wasn't during the night. During the night, she was lit. Oh yeah, I got I got very intoxicated because of the interaction, and so I was, she was throwing a up. Great time before the fact. I was sick all night long, and then the next morning we were supposed to have this like brunch with all of our wedding guests. We did not attend. I did not attend. I think you went down to say hello. I said hello to everybody. But... I did. I did the rounds, let them know that we were really grateful to have everybody around. But uh, you were indisposed. I was, was the words so that I said. sick, and because it was a medication reaction for the next two days, I was really, really sick. And then we went on our honeymoon, and I got, I felt better until then, we got the and, flu. And then we got the flu. <laughs> we got the flu from the guests that were sick at our wedding. But the wedding was beautiful. It was like my dream wedding. It couldn't have been better. It was amazing. It was like my favorite day ever. And we managed to get or have our wedding right at people would say the perfect time for the weather, but also for the events that were about to happen around the world. Oh my gosh, we got married like two months before the pandemic happened. Yep. Which is crazy because we wouldn't have been able to have it. At all. No, um, like quite literally as soon as we got married, I think three days after the news broke that cases of this new mysterious illness were starting to appear around the world. Yep. At that point, like people were like, oh, what's going to happen? And then a few weeks after that, the world shut down. Yeah, crazy. So we're very grateful that we got our wedding in. But we're about to have five years marriage anniversary. Words. Yes. Words. What are words? Yes. We're about to have our well, five-year wedding anniversary. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, which is insane. It doesn't feel like it was five years ago. But that means we've been together for like eight years. Our post-wedding time was us locked down. And I got to say, if that's not a test for people, I don't know what else is. But both of us being introverted and being to ourselves, we did pretty well. And like we enjoyed our time together, being able to spend time. But quite literally, we got married, got to spend a little bit of time in our house. And then immediately had to move in with your parents for six months. During right, the during the pandemic. of the pandemic. I was sick. I still was struggling with my Lyme disease. And we wanted to be with family during that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I moved in with my parents. But honestly, like, those six months were so fun. It was insane having six people in that house. And that was, it was. right when your sister and Luca... Got a puppy. Got a puppy that was screaming all night. <laughs> Love Alley to pieces. Yeah. That little fur rocket... <laughs> is hilarious but my goodness as a puppy was she loud but that's a husky for you that was a good time though and uh now here we are still very much in love love you more every day things are great like we have just the perfect like temperament and like i don't know we're both quiet like we said so 
at home, like even though we work together and we're constantly home together, we are very much also independent. Like I'll, after work, I go and read and you go and you game with your friends and Mm -hmm. we're in the same house, but we're also, we have our separate time. And then when we come together, it's great. And I don't know, we just have the perfect dynamic. Like I couldn't think of a better person to live with and be with forever, so. Because I'm so awesome. You are so awesome. You are too. And we had quite the journey and I think, I don't know, it's exciting that we're gonna grow old together and do all the adventures together. And I love our story. I do too. And I love you more every day as well. And I love you so much. And I I always put it this way, I won. I'm sorry you're stuck with me. Out of all the millions of people in the world. I won. I did. Anyway. And you're not getting rid of me that easily. I don't expect you're, you're to. You're stuck with me. I know. Yeah. That's what I promised. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed our story. Ty will be here again next week. So I made the cut. You did make the cut. Yes. And then the last two weeks of January, I have guests. And you're going to see who those are. But next week is Ty again. It's going to be a super secret, though. And next week, I could probably tell you that Mandy had her baby. Yeah, hopefully. Actually, guaranteed. We can't tell you... There is very personal stuff here, and we do yeah. want her to be able to announce things too, but... We can't say a date, but this week she will be having her baby for sure. We're excited. We are excited, yes. She's excited. I'm sure everybody else in the family is going absolutely nuts. I'm so excited. Baby Ophelia! It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and then Mandy will be back to normal scheduling in February, and yeah, so I hope you guys... you won't have to deal with this hairy mug anymore. No, I think they're going to love that you're on the podcast. Tell them, guys. We'll see how Tell them you love them. We'll see. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will see you in our next podcast. Bye. See you guys.